I was a Boy Scout when I was a kid. I would go every week to my church, stand with my fellow Scouts, put up the three-finger salute, and recite the Scout oath, and swear my allegiance, in a sense, not really to uh, the, the Scouting philosophy as a whole. And every, mm, every year, we would go on one big camping trip. Every month we'd go on like many camping trips, maybe like a weekend at a time, but every year we would do something big. Sometimes we went to um, Moab, Utah, and we'd do mountain biking. We did rappelling. We would sit at this campsite with everyone else. We'd go to the lunch hall, have some lunch, just a bunch of young kids having a great time in the great outdoors. And we even went whitewater rafting sometimes, but I want to talk about one specific trip that we went on to Catalina Island. Now, this trip started out like any other. We drove to California from Arizona, and it was funny. We drove in my dad's truck at the time, and being young, creative kids, we loved playing video games. So what we did was we took our TV out of our room, put it in the middle of the truck, in like separating the back seat from the front seat in that little area where the middle seat would normally go, we hooked up the Xbox to a like portable power charger inside the car, and we just played Halo the entire time. We played Halo 3, um, forget exactly what the game mode was called, but it's like survival, where you get rounds of monsters coming at you, and you continue defeating them, and we played that in th the entire time. But eventually, we got to California. We got to the harbor or the dock that we were supposed to ferry over to Catalina Island. And so when we got on the ferry, while everyone else was uh, drinking like Bloody Marys, having a good time, we were playing uh, cards just in the corner. I went and I remember getting a virgin pina colada as a kid and I thought it was so fancy having this pseudo-alcoholic beverage and trying to be like the the other people that we were surrounded with. But we ended up getting to Catalina Island a bit late, right? And we immediately had to go from the ferry to the kayak rental place because we planned on going around the entire island and camping at different beachfronts there. So we immediately got off the, the ferry. We got all of our bags. We strapped them to the kayaks. We got in the kayaks. We were in a rush to get out. We ended up getting out on the lake, or the the ocean, I guess you could say, and we took off. And for about the first hour or two, perfectly fine. Beautiful waters. We even saw like some dolphins come up and swim next to us. I don't remember if they were dolphins or seals, but either way, wildlife. It was, it was pretty cool to see as a young kid and experience these things. But eventually, a storm started closing in. And just long story short, the storm hit us Hard. It was raining. The waves grew to at least, I'm not exaggerating here, at least like 10 feet in difference. They were big waves, of course, but we flipped so many times at the bottom of the waves. We couldn't see everyone because we got so split up. So when we would get to the top of the wave, we would see our scout leaders in front of us and we would see their, the orange part of their oars and we were slowly losing hope because the people behind us, we couldn't even see them anymore. We flipped, my bag fell off, we're dying, we gave up multiple times, we just put our oars down and we're like, just take us, like throw us into the side of the thing, we're, we're done. 
And then other times we got filled with this inspiration when we were towards the top and we're like, oh, we're closing in on the scout leaders. It's time to go. And we'd go through a mini phase of intensity and just try to catch up. And it was a cycle of going fast, going slow, giving up, losing hope, thinking we're going to make it. And all of these highs and lows that emulate a very good story in a sense. And so we eventually, after maybe two, three hours in this storm, it was a terrible time. Like I truly thought I was going to, I thought my life was going to end at that point in time. And eventually we saw the shore. And so that gave us a huge bit burst of inspiration, right? That's the breakthrough point that so many successful people talk about where you go through all this trial and error for so long, but eventually you get to this point where you see the, you see the shore, you have that breakthrough. You're like, okay, yeah, I can actually do this. And so we were paddling as hard as we fucking could. And eventually crashed onto the shore, just rolled out of our kayaks, laid in the sun, shivering, like freaking out because it was freezing and eventually being revitalized. And there's a lot more to that story. The people that fell behind ended up getting brought to us by, I don't think it was Coast Guard, but um, like the security people that were navigating that storm. Uh, all of my food got soaked. And when I woke up in the morning, cause we left our clothes to dry out, um, all of my food was eaten by birds and just thrown across the entire campsite. So that was fun. So as with everything I want, I'm using this story to paint a life concept, something that always happens. And that is the cycles of life or the waves of life, the high highs and the low lows. So here's a graphic as we do in every video, but life comes at you in waves. So you can see here that there are multiple things I want you to pay attention to. There's the present and then there's the future. And you could probably even imagine the waves of your life prior to this moment. And that those are some things that you remember in your life and can tap back into. But in the present, there's the highs, the lows, the inevitable cycles of life that nature provides that storm. We couldn't control that storm. What what's going to happen, right? And the thing here is in that graph, there's the separation of the inevitable waves of life and a mindful response to those waves of life. Because as you are going up this high, your mind has the ability to take a step back and become aware that you are in this cycle of life and you do not, your emotions do not have to match those waves. You do not have to go deep into a specific wave of life and allow yourself to just lose yourself in that moment. And a quote by Alan Watts that I absolutely love and may not make sense to a lot of people until you directly experience it regarding hot and cold weather uh, is you're out in the cold. You start shivering. Why? Because you're resisting the cold. You are tightening your muscles against the cold and you get the staggers. Take it easy. Go with the cold. Relax from Alan Watts. And one way that I like to paint this is a sauna, right? <laughs> Think of the sauna as like a, a struggle in your life, a period in your life where you are being put in the furnace of life to be refined by it. So, and learn the lesson from it. Because when you go in a sauna, it's intentional, right? You, I know it's going to be hot in there. And if it were at any other time where I wasn't expecting it, or I wasn't intentional with it, or I wasn't mindful of it, if I walk out outside and I'm complaining about the heat the entire time, yeah, I'm going to get upset, but you don't get upset in a sauna. You go in the sauna, it's hot, you know, it's going to be hot and you calm down and you let it do 
what it's supposed to do. You let life teach you the lesson it's supposed to teach you. Now, in classical mechanics, there is something called a harmonic oscillator. The 80-20 of this is that it tries to maintain equilibrium, right? So if it goes low, it tries to return back to equilibrium, but it displaces in the opposite way. So when it hits a low, there's an inevitable but somewhat equal high, and it continues going until it reaches back at equilibrium. And that's the picture I want to paint here because our mind is a harmonic oscillator. There are aspects of life that you cannot control. Now, I also want to mention that our mind is a complex <laughs> set of systems, right? And if you understand systems, you understand that they make decisions through positive and negative feedback, and that can be conditioned over time. That's what makes a good system, right? If you have a high high in life and you register it as positive feedback, you're gonna wanna reach that high again. But per the harmonic oscillator or just the inevitable waves, something is, there's a counterforce. If you are pursuing those high highs and you consistently want, let's say that cheap dopamine, or those distractions and you wonder why you're consistently going into a low phase of life that is why especially when you are not mindful of it now if these phases do or do not affect you specifically do not affect you then congratulations you are um separating an entity emotion from your being and becoming aware of that and being able to navigate it without having it negatively impact your life but it also brings up the topic of being able to rewire or reprogram or recondition your mind for more beneficial outcomes in your life and specifically being able to navigate the negative aspects or what you perceive as negative aspects which are in fact inevitable aspects of life now if you want to reinvent yourself or you want to change yourself or your life you need to change your identity. Why? Because think of it, a healthy person does not think of healthy eating as a chore. It's enjoyable to them. They find a deep satisfaction in that because it is a part of their consciously created identity, right? They enjoy eating an apple over say a cookie. Now enjoyment is different from pleasure, right? By eating an apple and understanding the depth and the consciousness beyond that and how it impacts every aspect of your body, right? You are expanding your consciousness here rather than just like, I want that shallow uh, surface level dopamine pleasure hit instead of diving deep. What are the impacts of this apple? Think beyond the apple. Think beyond the apple. What made the apple? Can you gain deeper appreciation for it? Where did this apple come from? What was the process for getting it to the store? What, who was impacted by it? Who created it? Is it causing suffering to actually produce this apple? What about when I put it into my body? What is it doing to my body? Do I have to learn about my body in order to do these things? Do I have to break out of this unconscious life that I'm going through and actually learn something for once and expand my awareness and consciousness to the point of deep appreciation for the things that are conducive to my growth? Now, changing yourself is not as simple as it sounds by any means. Um, it is not simple. It takes a long time. It takes years of reconditioning because it's taken you 18, 25, 30, 40, maybe years to be conditioned into this current life that you're living. And you're expecting to change at a moment's notice and recondition 
all of those unconscious patterns that you aren't even aware of within a week or something. And this, this stems towards everything. If you're overweight and it's taken you 40 years to put on all of that weight and all of the unconscious thought patterns and habits that come along with that, and you expect to change because like in a week or in a month and you want to lose 20, 30 pounds or the love handles in X amount of time when it's, you're chasing the surface level dopamine hit again. You're not thinking of the depth and the long-term impacts and everything else regarding that, that will help you create a new identity and create a healthy lifestyle for yourself. This isn't a three month process of creating a better life for yourself just to go back. You have to dive deep and you have to form an identity with building blocks that only come from seeing past the surface. Now, I want you to think of a city in this because cities are constructed, right? They are in essence, a system that is constructed and conditioned over time, whether or not it's built on a solid foundation, right? And so removing, let's say your mind or your identity is this construction. It is a city. Now, if you were to take down city hall, the entire city would it wouldn't know how to operate, right? It wouldn't make sense. And then you trying to change that aspect of your life without being able to navigate the low that is going to come with it because you're at a high or you remove the city hall from your metaphorical city and you hit a new low. And then the harmonic oscillator is going to bring you back to a high and then to a low and eventually equilibrium. But again, you have to be aware of that and be able to navigate that. So that is one, the first step is a mindful approach to all of this, but the second is understanding. So thinking of your identity as a city, and I want to, I want you to think of it as Seattle, Washington in particular. In 1889, a glue pot <laughs> tipped over and nearly burned down a majority of the city. Why? Because aside from the person that tried to pour water on the flaming glue that was spilt over and making it spread because glue spreads with water. Uh, the city itself was built on a terrible foundation. The, the construction of the city itself sucked. There was wooden sewer pipes, like blocks, like th this was their sewage, right? Think of a, a sewer pipe that is made out of blocks of wood that are like transferring all of our bodily disposals into the sewage or whatever it may be. And there was a bunch of other things. There was like crappy foundations. It was a poorly built city and it led to its inevitable demise of being burnt to the ground. Now, Seattle, modern day Seattle is much more. It's built on a better foundation. It is built in a better way. It is built in a way that functions as a cohesive whole. There are better streets to navigate. There are ways to get from point A to point B to make those connections in your mind as we are making this connection to our mind. But this paints a picture of our mind when something burns down and the collective or everyone there uh, freaks out and is like, oh, what are we going to do? We need to call the police and we need to get the fire thing and everyone's freaking out in a state of negativity. And now this is granted. And I don't you expect to be super mindful or calm during a situation like that. But the point is this, our brain is our psyche is wired for survival. We have the brains of our ancestors, 
but we're living in this modern world and it is difficult to navigate and survive that world because when something is threatened, let's say our identity, it's not, it, it's not the same as what our ancestors were threatened by, right? Now it's our beliefs and it's other things and it's all of these things that we're exposed to that threaten our survival and cause us to go into that low period of life, whether it's macro or micro, right? whether it's a week long or it's five seconds long and we're thrown into fight or flight and all of those stress hormones fill our body and we don't know how to navigate that even though there is no real threat. There is no real threat. And when you pull, when you try to change your identity by pulling a piece of your city out, it's going to cause that survival response where you're going to be put into fight or flight. You're going to go into a low period. You're going to fight with it quite a bit and we could bring up quotes about don't fight with it flow with it be mindful whatever it may be but you need to understand this before you start to actually change yourself and your identity along with it because when you pull out a piece of the city which part are you pulling out first are you pulling out the heart which is going to send you into a very low period of life that you may not be able to navigate or are you going to have to do it step by step and take out the small pieces replace them take out what you're directly conscious of right now and work to repair it over time, there is a dynamic and balance to be had with that. Now with that, there are two routes to reinvent yourself. And I've actually made a video on one of those routes before. And that kind of acts as a primer to this because um, the first step or the first option to reinventing yourself is hitting rock bottom. It's trying to change and, uh, change one of the foundational pillars of the city you've built of your identity, getting kind of pissed at yourself and changing it, right? Because a lot of the people that have hit some form of rock bottom at their life and decided to turn it around immediately, that is more than a possibility, but it also comes with a very low period that you have to bounce back out of and then become mindful as the harmonic oscillator is returning to equilibrium or as your psyche is trying to maintain homeostasis. Because that's the thing, with this whole hitting rock bottom, you are in essence just becoming directly conscious of all of the things that are causing whatever it may be that is causing you surface level pain, right? Because you are, in essence, you, you do something, let's say, I can't come up with an example for this, but you let, okay, maybe I do. You get broken up with by your girlfriend. That's usually with young dudes. That's usually like what causes them to start going to the gym and start doing all of this other stuff to work on themselves because that breakup that they were so attached to and was a part of their identity caused them to go into this low point of life. It made them directly aware of what they had to do, which was improve themselves so they can survive, survive in the dating market in the future and not end up alone, which is a biological need. So now there is a better option and more sustainable option. And that is stacking small wins, or as some people put it, uh, building a por portfolio of small bets or, um, Alan Watts says gambling on yourself or James clear says 1% better every day. Now, rather than attacking the absolute foundation, of the city that you've built over time again think of it think of it like ancient rome right where ancient rome got destroyed there is an ancient rome and there's a new rome 
and ancient Rome wasn't as sturdy as new Rome. And so you are in essence slowly taking down new Rome while also building up, I mean, slowly taking down ancient Rome while slowly building up new Rome. At, it can be the same or it can be different. And so you are attacking these buildings in your identity that aren't necessarily going to cause you a ton of pain. You aren't attacking the foundation at first because you have to slowly peel back the layers because that's how this stuff happens. It's layers upon layers. It's systems in your head that are becoming hardwired over time. And once a system is completed or it is conditioned enough to know this is the thought pattern that you need to take, it becomes habit, it can become unconscious, all of that stuff. So you need to slowly peel back and start to solve the problems that you are directly aware of right now. That is how you do it, right? That is how you become aware of things in general is to question, right? If, if something happens and you do not like it, why? Question, don't just let it be, don't just let it be unconscious and you continue to go about that and wonder, oh, why is this all happening to me? It's because you're not aware of what's actually causing it. It's cause and effect. If you are directly aware of the effect, but you aren't directly aware of the cause, this is a law of the universe, by the way, cause and effect. You become aware of the effect, which could be negative in your perception. Now, why? What is the cause? And now the cause is much deeper than you will be aware of at first, but you need to slowly peel back until you reach that, right? So you become, you start solving these surface level problems. So let's say the breakup example, and you start going to the gym, a lot of people do it for vanity, but eventually it becomes very passionate to them because they see the depth in it. They appreciate it for what it is. They appreciate the mechanics in learning how to lift weights. They appreciate being able to make progress and see strength gains and the survival mechanism of their brain rewarding that with dopamine because they are making progress by pursuing their own goals. So I had a tweet on this and my tweet said that may be understood by some people, but now it should make sense is that if you don't know what you want, understand what you don't want and work in the opposite direction. So you it, negativity bias, right? It is extremely easy to become aware of the things you don't want in life because you don't know what you want until you've experienced it. You don't know if you truly want something until you've experienced it. So you can base your problem solving off of the things that you have already experienced and you know you don't want, right? So let's say you are out and about and you are walking down the street and you make eye contact with someone and something happens in you and you're like, oh, like, I no, I didn't like that. And so it's like, okay, how do I start learning about this? And this comes in developmental stages and you have to be aware of this. So what most people do then, they'll watch a YouTube video on how to be confident. And that will give them some good information. It will help them start solving the problems. But then as you become more and more aware and realize what it is not, then you can start to work towards what it is and start stacking these small wins and seeing the progress that comes from growth, where when you're in the gym, you get in there because of shallow vanity purposes and you start lifting, you start gaining a deeper appreciation for it. You start becoming aware of what that problem actually was, which could have been like a vanity issue or a self-esteem issue. And now you can start to go down that pathway and slowly fix it through self-education, questioning, pursuing your curiosity and everything else we've talked about in the past 10 or so videos. Now, another thing that you should do, 
and one of the pillars in my entire philosophy is create a vision for your future. I have a video on that, but just kind of assuming what you want or outlining what you want and becoming very clear on what you think you want will allow you to connect the things that you are learning as you are solving your problems, right? When you are solving your own problems, you become aware of certain things, but you become aware and directly conscious of more when you have a vision, goals, priorities to actually apply that to. Because that's the other thing is when you become aware of these problems from determining what you don't want and you're working in the opposite direction towards a vision, you need to understand what priority task you are doing right now in order to solve that problem for good in alignment with your vision. Because you could solve it in a completely different way, but if it's not like aimed in the right direction, you're not stacking these small wins up vertically rather than to the side where it's just gonna fall down again, then you, you just need to take that into account. Now, this is not an easy process. You are in a kayak going through a storm or you're on easy waters right now, but the storm is eventually gonna come and it's going to be inevitable. And since we are in a period of life where it's kind of like fifth century BC, where people are losing trust in the externally ordered consciousness or the external hierarchy of goals that people have set for us that bring some form of clarity to our life. Um, it's, it's external clarity, not internal clarity. So there's a ton of ideas. There's an abundance, abundance of information, ideas. It's very easy to get lost in the weeds. And especially as people are losing trust in corporate culture, just societal constructs in general, um, it's difficult to navigate because that means that you have to actively construct your life. A, a religious organization or corporations or corporate culture or your job or the school system can only teach you so much and it will only lead to so much and it can only provide certainty and clarity for a certain amount of time. And even if you don't align with those things, they are external, they aren't your own, right? You need to create your own rules, your own values, your own vision, your own mission, your own anything that will bring clarity to your life and how you make sense of this world because that's all other people are doing is they're giving you perspectives. They're giving you lenses to see the world from and that is not your lens. You have to create your own lens in order to operate in a conducive manner that will lead to beneficial outcomes in your life. And this comes with time and practice and refinement and iteration. And as long as you stay on the path and are consistent, persistent, and all of those other things that everyone tells you to do, but you're not doing, that is how you do all of this. Now, I have found a lot of power in viewing all of my parts of life as a scientific project or a science project, because that's all life is. It all follows the scientific method. You observe something, aka you become directly aware of it. You experiment with it. You hypothesize how you can fix that problem. You eventually uh, test processes that will help you overcome that problem. You develop these systems in your mind and possibly physically that will allow you to navigate that problem better in the future. And once that gets replicable results, you're like, okay, I'm getting some good data from this. This makes sense for other people to follow and you can either pass that down and monetize that process via a personal brand like creators are doing, or you just 
start to develop a better way of living. So one thing you can do is to one, buy a notebook, write my scientific projects on it, and now map out mind, body, spirit, finances, or other categories of your life that you are searching to improve. And now your observations you can put in here, right? The things you become aware of, the problems you become aware of, and that you plan to fix, you can write them in. You can write out how you plan to solve it. You can write out your findings and what stemmed from you trying to solve it. You can write down steps for overcoming that problem. You can test those steps. And this is lifestyle design as a whole, the concept of lifestyle design and being able to design a life of your own doing and being able to solve your problems. Because think of it, if you're like, okay, here's a problem, but I'm unable to solve it because I don't have enough time because I'm in a job that doesn't allow much autonomy. So that stems another problem. How do we solve it? Well, you can search for another job. You can increase your skill set. You can start a business. You can do something that will allow that other problem to be solved until you have full control and freedom over your life. So that is it for this video. I truly hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there are a few free gifts for you in the description. There's the seven days to genius ideas, which will help you expand your consciousness, become more creative. There's the power planner, which helps you map out your vision, your goals, your priority tasks, many of the things we talked about in this video. And then of course there's modern mastery, which is the private community with 170 plus life and business strategies, step-by-step -step roadmaps, personalized help, everything like that. You can join for $5 with the link in the description. And with all of that, subscribe, like, you know, do whatever you got to do to help this video because it truly helps. And I truly appreciate you watching this far. And with that, I'll see you in the next video.